Next on Inside the SECA, getting ready for CODA. On this episode of Inside the SSA, we're ramping up rounds three and four of the Hoosier Racing Tires Super Tour. Zach Whitston is with us. He is the winner of both of last year's rounds of the Formula V races at the Circuit of the Americas Super Tour. He joins us tonight to talk about last year's races, CODA, and also um, a little bit about Austin, Texas, where he lives. One of the coolest places on earth, by the way. Welcome to this year's show, or this uh, second episode, second attempt at live on YouTube. I'm Brian Bolanski, and I appreciate everybody joining us here. Uh, we tried this a couple of weeks back, had some issues. I think we've got them solved, and uh, we're going to see what we're doing here. We've got uh, Zach here with us. How you doing, Zach? Good. Thanks for having me on, Brian. Uh, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Uh, welcome to the show. You're, uh, this is your first time on Inside the SCCA. So uh, we've uh, we're now on uh, episode eighty something, and um, it's uh, it's really cool to kind of reach out and meet some of these people from all around the country. Uh, this year, I am lucky enough to be one of the uh, radio, uh, television, stream, live stream hosts of the SCCA Super Tour races. And uh, next up is Coda. So first off, before we get to Coda, uh, tell me a little bit about. Zach and and how you got into this crazy racing thing um I was born into it my dad's been a member of SCCA I believe for 50 years um he's been involved with Formula V racing specifically for 45 some years and so I grew up at the racetrack um it was a way of life uh I'm 40 so you know he's been doing this longer than I've been around (laughs) <laughs> and so it was just part of growing up. Um, I did not get involved with racing until I want to say this year is my fifth year. Okay. It might be my sixth year. I'd got to do the math. Um, but, you know, family and career and all that stuff in the 20s and early 30s. I think I got involved around 34, 35 after we had our first son. And, uh, you know, my wife kind of gave me the nod and we had the financial ability finally to get involved. But how it really happened uh, is through the SCCA track days. Um, I had a car and from going to the runoffs, watching my older brother and my dad racing Formula V, you hear those advertisements, SCCA track days, you gotta (laughs) go. And I, you know, I'm sitting there and I I heard about Harris Hill is about an hour away from me where I lived. Right. And at the time, I had a nice manual Audi, and I said, I could run this on the track. And uh, I'm driving down there, call my older brother, Andy, and I go, I'm going to a track day. And he goes, turn around. You can't (laughs) undo what you're about to do. (laughs) I went on to do, I think, three track days. And uh, my father was very supportive. He goes, you know, you could go to get your license next year. And uh, the rest is history. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, a, a like many, a, we, I told you at, when we started that I always start with this question and it runs kind of along sub, several different themes. Um, your, 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 my dad is my fault 
it's it's dad's fault story is very common. Uh, same thing for me. My dad, I was 16, and uh, my dad had a bit of a health scare. And the doctor said, you know, you need to go and get a hobby. So uh, a couple of months later, dad walks into the doctor's office with the SCCA physical form. <laughs> and the doctor looks at it, looks at my dad, and looks at it, looks at my dad, and says, you know, I was thinking more like, you know, stamp collecting, tiddlywinks, you know, something. And he, but, but if this will relax you, let's do it, you know. So, um, and, and my dad's first car was a Formula V uh, it, when he went back to racing. My dad wa- raced back in the 60s. Um, but when he came back to racing, he started with a Formula V. And so that was the first car he ever wrenched on. And uh, I was 16 at the time. And then uh, coming full circle, I, when I started doing some of my own racing, I bought a Formula V2 and uh, did that for a, about a season. And uh, I am not of the proper girth to fit in a Formula V comfortably. Uh, so I ended up in sedans eventually. But, uh, yeah, so very much the same story. Um, did you go to Formula V immediately? But what were your steps to get there? Yeah, it was Formula V immediately. Okay. Um, I've never considered another class. Uh, I think part of the experience is running with now my younger brother as well, who got involved maybe two, three years ago. My older brother's been involved for 11, 12 years. And then, again, my father, 45 years or something in Formula V. Um it's about the family. It's about the experience. Uh, I mean, it's magical. We go on the track, we compete hard, we get in tiffs and arguments and competition. No. And at the end of the day, you won't believe it. At the end of the day, there's nothing more magical. Right. I mean, it's absolutely amazing. I talk about it a lot. And a lot of people talk about it on the podcast, how SCCA is a big family. And, and a lot of times, you know, you kind of find the SCCA because you're car people, but you stick around because of the people people um but you actually race with family when i was looking at last year's super tour um results i was like uh winston winston i mean it's like there's like 10 of you right or 27 of you how many of you are actually running formula v now there's four of us oh three brothers and a dad (laughs) all brothers and a dad okay okay uh and how much of a rivalry is there between the four of you it's healthy competition um, it's healthy. You know, we, we all share video, we share tips, uh, but you know, that happens inside the family, but I also think it happens inside of Formula V. Sure. Um, a lot of these competitors that we'll run with this weekend, we have in the past, you have a question about a turn or the car. Um, we want to beat people on the track, right? not in the pits. And, you know, we, we all work together. Um, I think Formula V is a big family, and obviously, you know, the Whitstons, we we compete. Yeah. But we work together, and, you know, it's fun. We had Lauren Brailer on um, the podcast a couple of months back or a month and a half back. And, um, you know, I, I, Formula V is not known to be a young person's class necessarily. Sure. Um, I would guess that the median age of the Formula V driver is probably somewhere north of 40 in many cases. Um, but you know, she's a teenager and a lady and she was so impressed with how she was welcomed into the class. Sure. Is that the experience you get as far as basically going to the track, you know, you guys all paddock together. How's that? How does that all work? Yeah. Um, as far as paddock together, sometimes, sometimes not, but, um, it can be fierce as can be on the track and you get off and everyone's high-fiving and shaking hands. Um, it's 
it's been nothing but welcoming and informative. And, you know, we try to pass that on and try to welcome new people um, into the class as well. So with the idea that it's not necessarily uh, a young driver's class, what can be done to change that? You know, I think there is some shift. Um, You've got a lot of families, um, you know, second, third generations coming into Formula V. Um, You look at Brian Farnham, who won the runoffs and um, the Abbott's second generation. Um, Lawheads have a second generation. Um, there's a lot of second and third generation starting. So I think it's getting passed on. Um, I think iRacing is starting to do some help as far as launching the Formula V into the virtual world. Um, And then I also think some of the stuff SCCA is doing as far as the coverage, you know, this podcast, um, it's a very, I'm not going to say easy, but it's an approachable class to get involved with and start cutting your teeth. Um, there is a learning curve and there are barriers to entry, but it's doable without having a million dollars. Right. Right. You know, a lot of kids are, go to carts and then they want to go into something, you know, fast with a wing and fast with a wing is, is a lot of dollars, you know, there's a lot of zeros in that budget. Um, and, and none of what we do is, is cheap. But if you're looking for bang for your buck in, in any kind of motorsports, it's hard to argue with the the cost-effectiveness of a Formula V program. Well, you know, there's a couple of things you just said there. It's not cheap if it has a wing. Right. But that's if everything works. Right. You know, you tear a quarter off or a quarter off the car, it, it gets very expensive. One of my favorite video clips, and I say that with some hesitancy, it wasn't great. Right. But... At the beginning of the runoffs in Virginia, you see uh, uh, five years ago, you see a whole lot of cars get into a messy situation. I don't know how many cars were involved with it. Uh, 12, 13, 14 cars. Every single car drives away. Right. And I don't know any other class that that's happening. Um, These are tried and true tough cars that it takes a lot to do extensive damage. Right. Well, and and if you have you know, one of the other wing classes, except for maybe FE2, where it's a spec class, you know, if you tear a corner off your car, you better have those spares in your trailer because there may be no other car at the racetrack that's the same as your car. You tear a corner off a Formula V, and as long as there's a couple of other Formula Vs there, there's probably a couple of other cars that have the exact same parts in their trailer that you can get help with. And you're going to get 10 people who will show up who've, change that corner themselves a hundred times and they're going to help you fix your car. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, if you don't have it, someone else has it. We, right. you don't know how many times we've cruised the paddock looking for parts and usually we end up successful. Exactly. Exactly. So now do the four of you all run the same, the same chassis? Um, or do you guys, cause I mean, it's, it, there's not a lot of formula V's new ones out there. So you're all picking up right. chassis from around the country. What do you guys, what do you guys run? Uh, we run the protoform, the P2. Okay. So it's the second edition of the protoform. Got it. Got it. So they're all four cars are the same. So that helps too. When the parts department, you don't have to bring four sets of parts to the track. Absolutely. And it's a competitive car. It's, um, you know, it's, it, again, it's tried and true. And uh, yeah, it, it's nice all having the same edition. 
Brian Straczynski is in the chat. Thank you for being there. Uh, and thank you for having a good Polish name. Us Polanskis know the Straczynskis. We can at least say it. Um, and uh, he says he's in, he's uh, inviting iRacers to meet uh, from the F Formula V Rookie Series and offering them free tickets to sit in a real Formula V car. That's a pretty cool thing to do to try to get some of those iRacers in. Absolutely. How you doing, Brian? There you nice, go. Nice to see him on here. There you go. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. All right, so let's uh, let's talk a little bit about Coda, okay? That's kind of one uh, when I went to look for someone to talk to this week about uh, about what's going on in Austin this weekend. I flipped through last year's results and I saw that uh, that Zach was a winner of both races and he's from Austin, so I'm like, hey, perfect person to ask on. So let's talk a little bit about Coda. Um, and I know obviously being in a Formula V doesn't translate necessarily to a lot of other cars on the track. Um, but, but what do what do you like about Coda? Uh, you know, there's a lot of things. It's a special event cause it's the hometown. Um, I'm not from here, but we've lived here for 15 years or so. Um, so the friends and the family and everyone kind of comes out, it's a big party. Um, my wife and I have had the opportunity to experience maybe eight or nine formula one races in Austin. Um, and so it's just special. You know, to see 200,000 people watching Formula One and then you share that same track that those people watched and also raced on. I mean, it's amazing. Um, the track itself, too. Sometimes I look at it on paper and in Formula V, you want fast corners, tight spaces and different things. And on paper, you go, well, maybe Coda's not the fat. It's not a mid-Ohio um, or a, a Laguna Seca. And then you run it and you go. No, that track's really fun. Uh, nothing beats the S's at Coda. They're very fun. Yeah, yeah. I, I get that a lot when I tell people that I'm I'm doing the Super Tour this year, and they and they kind of give me that like, what does that mean? And and I tell them, well, you know, we go to Sebring and Watkins Glen and Circuit of the Americas and Road America, and like, oh, that's like you guys do real racing. And it's I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's 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 real racing. What's um what's the hardest part about Coda? You go into the first S and you just, in the Formula V, you are moving and dancing and shaking and not breathing for about <laughs> 35 seconds. Yeah. And then you come out and you look at your dash to see how you did on the, you know, the plus minus the, the timer and you, okay, I did good or okay, I, I got to fix something. But it's, it's, it's just like a 35 second blackout through the S's into turn it's got to be 10. Yeah. Okay. Um, how long does it feel that trip up to turn one going up the hill? Does that feel like it's forever in a Formula V? Uh, it's not too bad. You okay. know, the, the beautiful thing about Formula V is it brings hard racing. Mm -hmm. And typically you look this way and you look this way and there's a car on both sides. Yeah. So that makes the straightaways go a lot quicker. Um, it, it goes quick. 
you sent me a video which I I didn't have time to get working like I wanted to for this for this episode. But um, um, in that video, it, it looked like before you get to the hill, you've already been able to get up to pretty much where you're going to be speed wise. It's not like you're pulling up the hill in second or third gear. You're already in fourth before you really get to the hill, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, that that yeah, must make, make it feel a little a little less slow. Yeah, your fourth gear. I want to say by the start finish. Um, like I was telling you earlier, I just read a vintage car, the Formula V at Coda, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit different. And I was watching video and kind of going through my memory. Okay, where where am I here? Where am I there? Um, but I think I think you're in fourth gear by the start finish at Coda. Sure. So you you've got a big run in fourth gear. You're getting you're getting up there. What are the other keys to a quick lap at Coda? You said the S's. Um, it's 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 three. What three point four? I don't remember the length. Three sounds three right. something, right? Yep. Um, three point sounds right. And some decent straights there. Besides that that big straight going up to turn one. Uh, w- what are the other challenges that you guys uh, face? And and I'm assuming they're similar for other series or other classes as well. Yeah, the the challenging thing about Coda is it's kind of interesting. The first year we ran here, we looked at the average track speed, and it's similar to Blackhawk. You know, okay. the quarters here. You think about how long the straightaways are at Coda for those two tracks that have the same average track speed—a little club track and huge Coda. It's unbelievable, and part of the reason is a lot of the corners at Coda are very slow. Mm. Um, I mean, you're almost coming to a stop. So the key is rotating the car. Um, you want to really be able to rotate the car quickly so you can slow down, get the car pointing in the right direction, and get back on the gas as soon as possible. And it's tough. For those who might not know, Blackhawk Farms is a tiny little track. It's a 1.9-mile track, or at least it was when I lived in Wisconsin, uh, just outside of Beloit. I, I believe it's actually in... Illinois, technically, um, I right. but it's, uh, it, I mean, you can probably throw a stone into Wisconsin from Blackhawk, but yep. um, really cool little club track, just like Zach said. Um, shocking to me that you would compare that to Coda. Well, we can't believe it. So as weird as it is living in Austin, Road America and Blackhawk are my home track. Nice. Um, Where I you grew from? Up for, uh, Nina, Wisconsin. Oh, yeah. I grew so, up in Lake Geneva. Nice. So my dad and older brother still live in Nina. Um, and so, yeah, we I try to run uh, Road America and Blackhawk as much as I can with them. Yeah. Uh, those are kind of my home tracks until Coda's my new home track. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Uh, the, so the first race, when my dad got back into racing with that Formula V, the first race we ever did was Blackhawk Farms. It's so, a special place. It really is. I, I, I literally grew up at Blackhawk Farms. So, yes. Um, that's awesome. That's awesome. I, 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 I share that experience with you. Yeah. And, uh, and, and I understand now that they, they, you can, they don't have to stop the races to get in and out of the track anymore. They built like a little bridge, I think, didn't they? Or That's do they still nice. have to cross over? I think they still, as I haven't been there in two years, Okay, but as of two years ago, okay. yeah, you, you, you see the cars coming and the, the, the quarter workers are directing yeah. you and you go. I really would have thought you'd have compared Coda more to Road America than to Blackhawk Farms. Yeah, of course. I think the only comparison I was making is just the average speed. Right. And, and it just, when we saw that stat that the average speed ran around 80 miles an hour, it was just mind blowing that those were similar. Yeah. Because Coda with the long straights, it should be so much higher. 
but you're just you're coming to a stop in many of the corners and it makes Coda a very technical track. So let's talk about weather. I haven't pulled up the forecast for this weekend. Um, let me see if I can do that. We're talking what, what kinds of weather should people be thinking about for this weekend at at Coda? Uh, so this race notoriously is you don't know till you get there. Right. Uh, before I started racing, or maybe the year I was getting my license, I watched um, Hunter Barron and Chris Jenner John go back to back in basically a snow race. Um, my dad and I sat in the car and were freezing, and it was snowing out. I think Chris was on rain tires and hunter was on slicks um that was a fun race to watch and then last year we had a crazy ice storm um i've never pulled a trailer through inches of ice (laughs) and we were on track in the morning there was ice on the track underneath after the s's there's a, a, a bridge that was dripping water and it was creating ice as soon as it hit the track it was 23 or 24 degrees temperature that was the coldest time i've ever been in a race car it was awful um but you know awful in the moment and great in the story right now keeping in mind this is wednesday and we're still a couple days away uh the good news is i don't think you're going to see snow this weekend good but um <laughs> it's going to supposed to be in the uh upper 50s low 60s on saturday and sunday uh saturday morning though uh, if you're if you're from Wisconsin, you need to you, you'll know what I'm talking about. Bring your gotchkeys, because uh, it's going to be 34 degrees Saturday morning when you get to the racetrack. A little long underwear time. Be good to be have. It'll be good to wear your fire your fire underwear for this race, right? Perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Um. So let's talk a bit here about um. You know what um. Austin is a place where people want to go, you know, it's, uh, it's one of those fun, fun cities, music scene, food scene, South by Southwest. Um, you know, what's, uh, how many out of towners do you get for the super tour? Because it's Austin. I mean, obviously it's circuit of the Americas, which is a formula one track. Um, but you know, how how, do people get a chance to, what, what do they get to do if they're just not there for the races? What is there to do in Austin? Is that what you're yeah. asking? Ah, I know. It. It, it depends on the time of the year. Sure. Um, the lakes are obviously very popular in Austin in the summertime. Um, but, you know, I, as I was telling you before, I've got a four-year-old and an eight-year-old. <laughs> so I, 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 I'm about a decade out of telling you what's cool to do in Austin. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that'll get That'll change. That'll change. It, it'll, yep. uh, they'll get a little bit older and you'll get, you'll get to go start having fun again eventually. Of course. So, and, and what I'm doing right now is fun as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, big barbecue scene. Any recommendations for folks who are at the track? I, there used to be a place I heard that was not far from the It's basically a legendary barbecue spot. Is that still there? So Lockhart is the original city. of. Okay. Uh, so it's got the four original barbecue places and don't quiz me on what the four original are i think one of them's blacks and i forget the other ones um terry blacks downtown has gained a lot of popularity in the last couple years Uh, my personal favorite has been micklewaite's okay it's right downtown it's a little trailer it's wonderful um franklin's barbecue has had unbelievable notoriety over the last decade um anywhere it doesn't matter. I mean, pick a barbecue yeah. place. You're not going to be disappointed. We we don't have bad barbecue. Sure. Sure. 
Yeah, I, I have found that, you know, even being an East Coaster originally, I'm out in L.A. now, but uh, uh, I have I have sampled my share of barbecue. You don't get to be a man of ample girth like me without <laughs> without uh, without having a little barbecue. Um, it's different than what you get back east, but it's it's good stuff. And and, you know, if you don't if you go to go to Texas, and you don't try brisket. You've, you've made a mistake. Yep. That's some good no, stuff. Re- when we first moved here, again, 15, maybe, but visited a little bit earlier, they were explaining brisket. And I, it was new to me. Yeah. I'd never heard of this word. And I think in the last decade, it's also gained popularity. You yeah. know, you, everyone kind of knows the secret's out. Yeah. Right. But it wasn't then. And uh, I learned very quickly. Yeah. I mean, being a Midwest boy, we didn't have bris- brisket. Yeah. That wasn't a, that wasn't something we did. Um, nope. But I'm glad I, I do it now. <laughs> I'm not going back. No, no, of course <laughs> now not. Now that I know it's there. Of course not. So tell me a little bit about, about your, you know, what's what's a season for Zach look like these days? I know you got the two kids, and and are you putting a program together to try to get to VIR in, in October? Or what's your what's your deal this year? 100%. Um, you know, I'm blessed. My wife and my kids are very, very understanding and supportive. Um, they give me the nod to kind of, we, we, we talk about the season. Um, they come to maybe half the events and, uh, some willingly, some unwillingly, you know, it depends which party. Um, but they really give me a lot of freedom. Cool. And so, yeah, the runoffs are always on the schedule. Um, at least since I've been racing my first year, we did Sonoma, Mm. which is unbelievable. It's like, welcome to your first year in a race car. You're going to drive at Sonoma for the runoffs. It was nuts. Um, and since then we've hit every runoffs, um, and we continue, we plan on continuing to do so. So do Uh, all four Winston's make the runoffs typically? Absolutely. Cool. Cool. Um, and what's uh, what's the program look? Do you hit other super tours? Do you do the divisional path? You know, there's lots of different ways to get there. Um, we chase the super tour. Okay. And I, I think part of it is we have this time in front of us where the four of us are racing. And so the last few years have been unbelievable. Um, we've been able to run Road Atlanta and Watkins Glen. And, you know, we'll go to Road America for the June sprints. Um, we've been to Pittsburgh. We've been all over. Right. And so typically we try to do one bucket list track a year. And then we'll follow the runoffs. If the runoffs is at a certain track and we feel like we need to go there, we'll go there in the spring or the summer to practice sure. for the runoffs. Um, we try to go to the June sprints again, just because it's 45 minutes from my parents' house. Right. We've been going there forever, you know, um, great experience so we'll do four to five races in the runoffs a year got it got it uh, but, but we're, ch- we're chasing the super tour typically yeah yeah button willows on your bucket list right you got to come out and visit us and it's so far i know <laughs> so far that toe is wild yeah well it's better than portland this year or thunder hill <laughs> correct um yeah we did the longest we've done has been Watkins, yeah. and I think it was 25, 26 hours. And, I kind of think uh, it's a, a similar tow, but it's not the allure of Watkins Glen. I'll admit it. You know, I mean, obviously Watkins Glen is on that. I call it the sexy six. You know, okay. Watkins Glen, Road America, Road Atlanta, uh, Sebring, um, Daytona, and um, and Laguna Seca. That's, that's my sexy six. If I got to, you know, have bucket list tracks – 
that SCCA races at. Obviously, I would love for us to do a race at Long Beach. Um, that would be beyond cool. Um, and Coda doesn't make this only because it doesn't have that, um, you know, that that history, that allure of of those other tracks. Um, if I had a sexy seven, I would absolutely put Coda on there. Um, but those are those are the high level tracks that we get to race at in the club, and that's that's something that uh, when I tell people what we do, I, those are the tracks I rattle off. I don't rattle off Button Willow, um, and that's my home track now. I love it. It's a great place. We're setting up a second track. Um, which uh, we're going to race at starting this year. I hope we're, we're, we're almost there. Um, so that's going to be really cool. And uh, we'll probably talk about that a lot more during the Buttwiller round of the Super Tour. But, um, yeah, it's good stuff. Good stuff. All right, so anything else we need to know about about uh, about the Circuit of the Americas before before we start heading out here? Uh, if you haven't experienced it, you must. It's an absolute wonderful track and a great city, and it's part of the Super Tour. How could you not come? Absolutely. That's a good sale pitch. Okay. That's a good sales pitch. So Zach, thank you so much for, uh, for joining us. I, I, I can't thank you enough. It's, uh, it's been great giving us some insight on the super tour and, uh, really appreciate you hanging out with me. So cool. It's been my pleasure, Brian. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for another episode of inside the SCCA. If you like what you're hearing or now watching subscribe and like, especially subscribe and like here on the YouTube channel, that's going to help us out a bunch. It would also be great if you leave some comments. We appreciate everybody who tuned in today. Uh, you can follow us on social media to find out who our next guest is to leave a question there as well. Uh, new Inside the SCCA is now every Wednesday live, and the podcast will still go off on Fridays, just like we always have the audio-only podcast. I'm Brian Belansky. Have a fantastic weekend. Stay safe and go play with cars. Hi, I'm Kelton Jago, and this is Inside the SCCA. Inside the SCCA is a presentation of the Racing Wire Podcast Network and Rural 15 Productions. This podcast is not affiliated with, endorsed, or sponsored by the Sports Car Club of America. The views expressed within are those of the host and our guests and not that of the SCCA.